Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Introducing a series for the month of February called The Songs of Jesus. The Songs of Jesus. How many of you, you just love music? How many of you love music? How many of you have appreciation for music? I do too. I, I grew up in a musical home. My dad could play so many different instruments. I, I was around it my whole life, and he taught me how to play, and I took piano lessons. I was in the marching band. I played the trumpet. Uh, many of you don't know this, but when the church first got started almost 30 years ago, I was on the worship team. How many of you know that was bad? <laughs> it was bad. I can't hold a candle to what these guys do up here. How many of you know we are blessed with the best? How many of you, your favorite thing about HPC is the music? Come on. Y'all don't like the preaching? (laughs) How many of you, songs are powerful? Songs, how many of you wake up to a song? How many of you got a song in your head right now? Sometimes I'll tell Rachel, baby, what are you humming right now? What song is in your mind or in your spirit? I think we have a playlist for just about everything. How many of you have a playlist? And you got playlists for different things. How many of you have a playlist when it comes to your workout routine, when you go into the gym? (laughs) Y'all go to the gym? (laughs) Man, you got that hype music, don, 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 don. It's bad, y'all. I'm telling you. Maybe when you go on a long trip, you know, a long road trip, what songs are you listening to? You know, maybe you, life is a highway. Come on, some throwback 80s. Or maybe you got some small kids. So your playlist is a little different. Baby shark, do, 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 baby. How many of you got some feel-good stuff when you just feel good, man? You got a song that just, like, brings it out of you. Hakuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free, come on, philosophy. Hakuna, Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Matata. Y'all, it's bad. I'm telling you, it's bad up in here. Because I'm happy, clap along, if you know that. There's always a, there seems to be a, a song for, for everything. We got a playlist for, for the good moments and the sad moments. How many got some sad, sappy stuff in your playlist too? Yeah, just nothing like a good old country song when you're feeling sad. Some of you listening to Messed Up in Mexico, living on refried dreams. Come on, somebody. You know what you get when you play country music backwards? You get your wife back, you get your dog back, you get your truck. We have music for every moment of our lives. There's something powerful about music. You know, that's, that's why I love being here at HPC. We start every service in worship to our God. There's something significant about the hymns and the songs of heaven, the anthems that we sing. You know, the Bible's not just a story of, it's not just a book of of parables and commands and principles, but it's a book of songs. It's a book of psalms. That's what the psalms are. And if Jesus had a playlist, I tend to think that his playlist would be filled 
with the Psalms. He had the Psalms on repeat. In fact, the Psalms is the longest book of all the Bible. All 66 books from Genesis to Revelation, the Psalms is the largest. In fact, the Psalms is the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. Over a hundred times, the writers of the New Testament refer to the book of Psalms. In fact, of the songs that Jesus would have sung, the, 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 the Old Testament books of the Bible that he referred to, he quoted the Psalms more than any other Old Testament book. Songs, they help us remember things, don't they? How many of you, you had to remember something and you put it in the form of a song and it helps you do well on that test? Yeah, how do we learn our ABCs? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. How do we learn twinkle, twinkle? How many of those are the same tunes. You know, the Psalms help us with our theology. They help us with doctrine. They help us understand the truths of the Scripture. And in fact, this series, I'll just tell you a little insight. This series was birthed in my heart after reading the biography of Diedrich Bonhoeffer. I don't know if you're familiar with who he was. He was a brilliant German theologian. Somebody sent me a book. It's over 600 pages. And I just was captivated. It took me a couple of weeks. I could not put it down. He was Diedrich Bonhoeffer, God used him in, a, in a, a, just a powerful way during the rise of Nazi Germany. He was one of the few pastors that stood up to Hitler. He identified with the Jews, and, and he did everything he could to resist the powers of that day to speak up for those who could not speak for themselves. And he found himself in a concentration camp. He spent two years in prison. And while he was there confined in prison, he prayed the Psalms. And it was the Psalms that sustained him. You know, in fact, his impact was probably greater those two years that he spent in prison than the rest of his life. He ended up dying in a concentration camp because he believed in the cause of the gospel. And he suffered with the plight of those who were hurting. This, this series was birthed out of that thought, praying the Psalms. I want you to know there's a Psalm for every situation in life. I love the Psalms. Uh, you know, there's a Psalms for those who are struggling. There are Psalms for those who are worried. In fact, in this series, I want to give you four different things over the next four weeks. We're going to talk about praying your fears. We're going to talk about praying your tears. We're going to talk about praying your failures. And then finally, praying your battles. I love the book of Psalms. Look with me in Psalm chapter 3. I want to read a, a couple of verses out of this chapter. Again, this is a song that was written by David. David wrote Psalm chapter 3, and here's the context. One of his sons was trying to kill him. I don't know if you've ever had a bad day, but you probably haven't had a day quite like that. David was king over Israel, and Absalom was trying to take the kingdom away from his father. And so as David was running for his life, his own son was trying to hunt him down and kill him. David wrote Psalm chapter 3. Now, this is what he says. Read with me, starting with verse 1. David says, Oh, Lord. Come on, how many ever prayed that one? <laughs> oh, Lord. He says, I have so many enemies. Somebody say, so many. So many are against me. Come on, say, so many. 
Verse 2, so many are saying God will never rescue him. I love how the Psalms keep it real, do they not? How many know the Bible is not some fairy tale, happy, clappy, sing-song, sappy? It speaks right to where we live. Man, right in the middle of your struggle, I love how David recognizes so many are against me. I have so many enemies. So many people are saying God will never rescue him. I love how David keeps it real. The Bible speaks to right where we are. Have you ever felt like the whole world was against you? Anybody ever felt like that? You ever felt like everywhere you turned, you ran into opposition, negativity, criticism, people attacking you? Uh, David said, so many are against me, but look what it says in verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory and the one who holds my head high. You see, it's okay to recognize how bad things are. But even in the midst of how bad they are, you've got to acknowledge who God is. There's an important lesson here because some of you are in a bad situation. Some of you, maybe it's fearful all around you. Maybe things are not good on a large scale. Recognize the situation you're in, but then you got to look at who God is even in the midst of it. So many people are saying, so many enemies, so many are against me, but you, O Lord, are a shield around me. First thing, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, God is the protector of my life. God is, now this is a psalm about praying your fears. If you're fearful today, how many of you know fear comes in all different shapes and sizes? In fact, of all the liars in the world, Sometimes our fears are the worst. Can I say that again? How many know there's a lot of misinformation out there? Of all the liars in the world, sometimes our fearful feelings are the worst. We fear so many different things. I think it's the devil's favorite weapon of choice against you. He wants to leverage fear against you to minimize your potential. We fear the future. Uh, we fear uh, running out of money, the, the stability of the economy. We fear, you know, health. Uh, we fear for our children. We fear what direction is our country headed in. We, we, we have all different kinds of fears closing in on us. But in the midst of fear, David says, you are a shield around me. Sometimes we, we fear what other people think. How many has ever been afraid of what somebody else thought of you? Okay, only three of you are being honest right now. You know, in your 20s and 30s, you, you care about what everybody thinks. In your 40s and 50s, you don't care what anybody thinks. Then when you're in your 60s, you realize ain't nobody think about you at all. <laughs> Sometimes we fear getting old, growing older. My body reminds me I'm not getting any younger. Weight starts shifting from the poles of our body, and it kind of gathers around the equator. Hair stops growing where you want it to, and it boldly grows in places where it's never gone before. Oh, I know, some of you that are young, you're in your 20s right now. You're young, and you're thinking, this will never happen to me. Can I tell you, the rest of us... <laughs> The rest of us are, we, we understand, we love you, but we want you to know it's going to happen. 
And frankly, we're looking forward to it. You can exercise it, starve it, Botox it, Rogaine it, stretch it, lift it, nip it, tuck it, dress it up, but old man wrinkle is eventually going to win out. Come on. Where did David find the confidence to declare God's protective power? Why was David so certain that the Lord would be a shield around? I want to speak this to some people today because I know that fear will paralyze us. Fear will keep you from becoming all God wants you to be. God has some plans for you. He's got a purpose for your life. But fear will handcuff you and will keep you locked in the moment. Why was David so confident that in the midst of all of his enemies, as bad as things were, that God would be a shield around him? Because he knew what the Lord had done for his ancestors. He knew what God had done for Moses and the Israelites. If you're in the one-year Bible, I talked to some people earlier this morning. Pastor, we reading about the Exodus. Yes, indeed. We, we got out of Egypt now. He, he, David remembered how the Lord delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. And that first Passover, the very first Passover night, God told Moses something specific. In fact, Exodus 12, 13, God told Moses, I want you to take the blood of the lamb and I want you to put it on your doorpost and it will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. Come on, Exodus 12, 13. He said, take the blood of the lamb and put it upon the doorpost of your house as a sign. Why? Because when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Listen, judgment was coming. Destruction was coming. And you know, the only thing to distinguish the Israelites from the Egyptians was the blood. When God saw the blood, he said, no, that one's mine. I'm going to pass over here. You know, the only thing God was looking for, consider this, God wasn't looking for talent. He wasn't looking for ability. He wasn't looking for charisma, your level of education, the number of followers you have on social media. Come on, are you with me? God was looking for one thing. He was looking for blood. And if you were marked with the blood of the lamb, he says, you are mine. Are you with me? Where did you put the blood? He said, Moses, put it on the doorposts of your house. Why doorposts? Because that door frame represented the totality of life. It represented your coming and your going as you enter and as you leave. Can I tell you, some of you are transitioning from one season to the next, but if you're marked with the blood of Jesus, you say, Mike, does that mean nothing bad's going to happen to me? No, no, no. Can I tell you, bad things happen to believers all the time. But it does mean this, if you're marked with blood, it means that whatever happens to you, God will give you the grace for it. That God will sustain you in whatever comes your way. Are you catching this? Can I tell you, the blood has not lost its power. David knew it. He said, my enemies are multiplied against me, but Lord, you are a shield around me. You know what I pray for us as a church? I pray that we're a church that's marked with the blood of Jesus. I pray for that over your marriage, that your marriage is marked with the blood of the Lamb. I pray that over your children. When my kids go to school, I pray Exodus 12, 13 over them every morning. Lord, you told Moses to take the blood of the Lamb and put it upon the doorpost of his house. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over. We are a blood-bought church. We belong to Jesus. 
I, I love it. I, you know, the, the, not only the saving power of the blood, but the keeping power of the blood. When you get a revelation of who you belong to, it addresses all the fears around you. David knew that his life was held in the hand of a sovereign God. Are you catching this today? Please know this, that the Lord who bought you and paid for you with the blood of his son, Jesus, he is watching over you. I love what John Piper said. He said, you are invincible to death until God decides to take you. You are invincible to death until God says, it's time. And when God brings you home, come on. Oh, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more pain. All these things will be gone forever. Uh, let me ask you this question. What is greater than God, more evil than the devil, the rich need it, the poor need it, have it, and if you eat it, you'll die. Let me say this again. What is greater than God, more evil than the devil, the rich need it, the poor have it, and if you eat it, you'll die? Nothing. Nothing. All right, now that you know the answer, what's greater than God? More evil than the devil. The rich need it. The poor have it. And if you eat it, you'll die. Some of you got it. Okay, you got it. There's not a single thing in all of creation that's greater than God himself. And the God who created you knows exactly how to take care of you. Come on, do you believe that today? David says, Lord, you are a shield around me. Number one, he's my protector. Now, notice what it says here. You're a shield around me. You're my glory and the one who holds my head high. Number two, not only is he our shield, our protector, but notice this. Number two, he is the lifter of my head. David says, not only do you surround me and protect me against my enemies because I'm blood-bought, I belong to you. Not only do you protect me, but you are the one who lifts my head high. You know, fear has a way of causing you to just lower your head. I love the imagery. I love this picture of God being the lifter of our head. He's restoring our dignity. He's restoring our confidence. He's restoring our integrity. There's honor that comes with holding your head high. Now, notice who's the lifter of our head. It's God himself. You see, you live in a world that tries to beat you down. Some of you work in places that are trying to beat you down. Some of you have people in your life that, that criticize and condemn and always negative. I mean, just getting out of bed is hard because you feel so beat down. I believe when you come to the house of God, the Spirit of God will lift your head. Square your shoulders. Put some confidence in you. Man, when you know who you are, you know whose you are, you can walk with your head held high. Yes, you know, I saw this, this highlight, uh, a, a, a recent basketball game. I want you to check this out. The, the UCLA is playing. They're down by two points. I got a clip I want to show you. They're down by two points in overtime. Crucial part of 
of the game. I want you to not only see what's about to happen, but I want you to hear what the commentators say, and I want you to listen to the crowd. Come on, check this clip out. Ahead to Prince Ali. They don't have numbers. That's the wrong guy to pass it to in that situation, oh and they God. turn it over. Oh, my God. That's kind of the story of this. Uh, great job by Jalen Hands. Come over there, take his throat, and just push his head back <laughs> up in the air. Let's go. Come on. Did, did you see that? Did you catch that? That was quick. That was quick. UCLA turns the ball over. Big guy made a bad pass. Play that clip one more time. I want you to see what his teammate does after that turnover. Watch this again. Ahead to Prince Ali. They don't have numbers. That's the wrong guy to pass it to in that situation. Oh, and they God. turn it over. Oh, my God. That's kind of the story of this. Uh, great job by Jalen Hands. Come over there, take his throat, and just push his head back <laughs> up in the air. Let's go. Come on. I don't know who number four is, but he's the MVP. Did, did you see what he did in that moment? Did you hear the crowd coming down on that kid? Uh, even the commentators said, oh, no, that's not the guy that passed. Oh, terrible. And so big guy's walking down the court with his head down because he just made a mistake. Some of you, oh, come on now, you feeling this? Some of you are haunted by the mistakes of your past. And you're walking with your head down. Number four comes over to the big guy, pats him, takes his chin, lifts it up, says, uh-uh. Don't let the last play mess up the next play. I want to be someone who lifts people up. You got enough people in your life telling you how bad you are how messed up you are. You already know how bad it is. Even God knows. But listen, the Bible says not only is he a shield around us, but he is our glory and the one who holds our head high. Please do not let the last play mess up the next play. Uh, number four was telling his buddy, hey, shake that off. No, no, okay, we, we, we made the mistake. Let's learn from it, and let's put it behind us. We still got time on the clock. Oh, by the way, UCLA ended up winning that game. Even though they were down in overtime, they had made a mistake. Guess what? God always has the final word. Don't let the thoughts and the criticisms of others cause you to just walk around slumped over. I'm telling you, the God in you loves you so much, and he's got so much better for you. Are you catching this today? Let's be lifters of other people. Let's speak life into somebody this week. Man, let's add hope into hopelessness, help into helplessness. Let's bring courage into discouragement. Come on, are you with me? God said, I'm your glory. I'm the, the lifter of your head. There, there's so many things. Now, we talk about lifting our heads. It, it implies there's a, a physical posture. What I'm not insinuating is arrogance. I'm talking about confidence. There's a difference. You can be confident when you know God is your source. You can take confidence in what he's spoken over your life. There's so many lies that try to tie us down. Can I tell you this? The devil is a bully. Some of you are getting bullied by the enemy of your soul. 
beat you down, talk down to you. You have circumstances and people and things come against you, trying to bully you. You know what? There are some lies that you're going to need to overcome if you're going to need to hold your head high. You know, one of the lies is your past. Some of you said, well, you know what? God won't use me because of all that I've done. God knows all that you've done. He knows all that you're going to do. And in spite of us, he loves us. And he uses us. Don't let your past cause your head to drop. You know what? Sometimes it's feelings of worthlessness. We think, well, I, I deserve the bad things that have happened to me. And sometimes it's hard for us even to come to church and worship God because we feel worthless. Can I tell you, worship is not based on what you've done. It's based on what he's done. Don't let, oh, hear me, hear me, hear me. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with him. And if you'll start with him, start worshiping who he is, then he'll talk to you about who you are. Come on, don't get your identity horizontally. Come on, if, you, if you're not getting your identity vertically, then you're going to shop for it horizontally. You're, you're going to have a borrowed, discounted version of yourself. And Jesus said, wait a second, I shed my blood for you. Don't forget the blood. You're valuable. Sometimes isolation will cause us to hold our heads down. I can't trust anybody. I was, I was hurt in church, and so I, I, just, I just need to, to keep to myself. You'll never fulfill the will of God in isolation. Can I tell you this? When, we, when you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to a family. Lack of ability is another one. I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes to accomplish God's will. I just don't. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. Can I tell you? He has what you lack. Uh, if you'll show up with what you have, then God shows up with what he's got. And I promise you, it's more than enough. Are you catching this? Sometimes it's generational sin. We say, well, you know, it's just always been this way. It runs in my family. It runs in my family. I'll never be. I'll never do. I just can't. You know, my grandfather, my father, it's just, I'm doomed to the same fate. The Bible says God is your glory, the lifter of your head. Listen, you can't do anything about your ancestors, but you can do something about your descendants. It stops here. Whatever curse has been under my family for generations, that thing is broken in Jesus. Now, how do I know? Because of the blood. The blood. Number one, he's my protector. Number two, he's the lifter of my head. And then number three, finally, he fights for me. Let me finish this psalm. Look at verse 7. The Bible says this. Arise, O Lord. Come on, Lord. Here we go. Arise, O Lord. Rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Can I have a good amen? Some of you are like, ooh, I didn't know that was in there. Some of you are like highlighting that one, saying, man, I need to memorize that in three different translations. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. You know what David's saying? Lord, slap them in the face and punch them in the mouth. How many appreciate the Psalms? Come on, talk to me. Lord, slap them in the face, 
punch them in the teeth. Verse 8, for victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Listen, God fights for you. Who's doing the slapping here? Who's doing the punching here? Who's doing the fighting here? It tells me this. The battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. I think this is the word for somebody. I want you to hear this. God can deal with your enemies way, way, way better than you can. God can handle your enemies. Your enemies in God's hands are better than your enemies in your hands. God will fight your battle. Victory comes from the Lord. He protects me. He lifts me. He fights for me. I don't know what your current struggle is, but I know this. You are not alone. This is a psalm that didn't just come from the heart of a desperate father, a king on the run. This is a psalm for all eternity. If you're battling fear today, this, is your, this needs to be on your playlist. God, you are a shield around me. You're my glory, the one who lifts my head. Victory comes from you, O oh Lord. May your blessings rest upon me. You receive that today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.